Okay, here we go. Part two, Elza podcast. Uh, the first part we talked, David and I talked about boxing and some UFC at the end. In this second part, so David texted me before the show, and just to take you behind the curtain, we'll text and we'll have we'll have like a like a the the Apple Notes thing where we we share the topics and things we want to talk about. And he texted me and said, hey, I, I have some football questions. Uh, football, not football, football, soccer questions. Um, and I said, okay, that's that's uh, that's interesting. Let's, let's do it. And so I had no idea what he meant by that. And uh, sure, sure enough, it was uh, about the Mexican national team, the federation, uh, the league itself, what's wrong with them, uh, why is there so much uh, corruption, and uh, what I think about Diego Coca, the, the new manager for the national team. So this second part, that's what it's about, the Mexican national team. So hopefully you enjoy this conversation I had with David. So enjoy it. It's time for soccer? It's time for soccer. The world's game. Okay. What's on your mind? <laughs> okay. I I'm gonna I'm gonna start this with a, a memory I have of okay. the 2010 2010 World Cup I think okay. it might even be 2006. Okay, I believe Mexico played Iran I think or sorry Iran I think one of those countries. This okay. this is back when the 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 tent was still out of Venezuela. You were teaching. You were like a youth teacher. You know, 2006. I think 2006. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had heard of the World Cup. I didn't know about it yet, obviously, because I was I was only like ten or eleven. You know, no one has one about the World Cup. Yeah. Um, but they're like, "Oh, Mexico's playing," and then I think Mexico won. And I remember you coming into the tent, and you were walking around screaming like "Tisapudo," and I was like, "Heck yeah, dude!" Like Mexico, had my Mexico you know? jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Had, yeah. Had a white okay. Mexico jersey. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when the little fire, the little spark was lit in my heart and soul for, for Mexican soccer. Because right? <laughs> I don't I want apologize to apologize for all the pain that has ensued. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, and then, yeah, after, obviously, my, my dad, I, you're a Cruz Azul guy, right? Cruz Azul, that's yeah. your team. Mm-hmm. La yes. Maquina. Is that what you guys say? Yes, la sir. Yeah, La Maquina. Okay, so my dad's a, like a Guadalajara Chivas guy. That's the house I was raised in, you know? Right. I know other guys are like America. So that's that's what I, you know, grew up on and knew. And I remember when Chicharito was a big deal with Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. I think I saw him play when he was like on a lower division team somewhere in Fullerton. They brought him to the U.S., you know? And then eventually Chicharito went to play somewhere in Europe, right? Wasn't it like Manchester? Or... Yeah, went to Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, went to England. And I was like, I was like, great. And I have no idea about European soccer yet. I, right. You know, so I, I think I was in high school and I was at a friend's house and he had FIFA, right? So we're playing FIFA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, what team is Chicharito on? That's who I'm picking. Like, what, you know, let's get it. That's that's my guy. And they were like, are you going to go with, like, him? Like, that team? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, why? They're like, they're like, but, oh, and then I also asked, I was like, yo, where are, like, the Mexican teams? Like, can I pick, like, Chivas on here, you know? And, like, they were like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, what, what do you mean? And they're like, 
dude, Mexican soccer sucks. Like what? Like they're just like they're not, you know, they can't compete with European teams. And I was like, let's pump the brakes. Wait, like pick your next words carefully because like this is something very like you know passionate about, et cetera, et cetera. But my buddy <laughs> didn't know. He's like, he's like, no, dude. He's like, he's like, he's like, Meg, the, like no one watches the Mexican league except for like Mexican people. Like it's just, it's just not, you know. And that, that's when I started hearing terms like Premier League, La Liga, mm, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Okay. Right. Then more World Cups come along. 2010, 2014. Yeah. 2014, I remember that's when uh, I think we played Brazil, and that's when the legend of Memo Ochoa was, like, born, and they started making memes, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we suck. It always ends in pain. It always ends always. with, like, embarrassment, and Argentina's always there laughing at us. I hate it. So <laughs> the, the main question I'm getting at, what is the problem with, like, Mexican soccer and the Mexican national team? Ooh. I've asked my dad about this. I've gotten... I've gotten some things where I understand a little bit of what's going on, but I want to, yeah, I want to yeah, pick your brain about it. I've heard things like corruption. I've heard things like ego or like pride um, or guys just sell out and only want the money, but they don't care about getting better as players. So like, what's, you know, what are your two cents? Go ahead. The floor is yours. What is the problem with Mexicans with the Mexican national team? Right. Or yeah. you're asking about Mexican soccer. A little bit of both the Mexican national team and then under underneath that, like our system, right? So like okay. the Mexican league itself, the the players that are is it called U seventeen where they're under seventeen? They still yeah. they're not professionals yet. Right. So I've heard that the Mexican team, the under seventeen team, they like dominate. They're great. But for some reason it just doesn't translate to when they're like a professional players. Yeah. At least for the Mexican national team. So okay. So the problem with the Mexican league because this is where it stems from, is Mexico is... Uh, there's a lot of money in Mexican soccer. Mm. And that is a... It's weird to say it's a bad thing when a lot of countries wish they had the money Mexico has, but this is where it's a bad thing. So in, in Mexico, there's a lot of money and a lot... But a lot of teams are owned by you get like clusters of teams owned by the same person. Mm, so okay. like in the NFL, for example, there's 32 franchises. There's 32 teams. There's 32 owners. It's not right. like Cronky owns like the chargers and the Rams. And, and it's not like uh, your boy, um, Robert Kraft owns like it's the not Jets. Like he owns the Patriots and the Jets, and yeah. And obviously that that right there <clears throat> lends itself to a unbalance when it comes to the to the to the game because if you own three teams, you're gonna put more money on the team that generates you the most money. And you're okay with another team suffering because you're making your money on another from another team. So that's one. That's one huge problem that they need to like get rid of, where you could only own one team and one team only. Another thing that's wrong is because there's a lot of money and a lot of these teams are willing to pay top dollar for players. So it's why you'll get like Mexico will get. Um, like top players that play in the Brazilian league, 
the Argentinian league, like they'll get those top players because they're they're gonna pay a lot of money. Um, but where it, it becomes bad for the for the for the federation because this it, you kind of have to start there to understand what's going on with the national team. And right. so what ends up happening is you get a guy like Chicharito, for example, who is a good young player. He's coming up. He's getting, he's being showcased and teams in Europe are starting to pay attention to him. Chicharito is a good example of when it happens right because he was sold to Manchester United at a cheap price and he was able to go over there, develop, what the whole thing where it goes wrong is you get a guy like um memochoa you get a guy um like what demo blanco back back in the day you okay. get you get guys like that that are good are young and they have they can show a lot of promise and so the, the team from europe will call and say hey give us you know, we we want to we want to take your young player, and the Mexican team will want like top 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 dollar. Well, if you're a European team, you're not gonna give top top dollar for what you consider a project. Right. Okay. And so all of a sudden, you're stunting the growth of your young players. And sure, they're show, they're showing out in the in the in the league and they're having good seasons and they're top players in Mexico but in the league but when they go into international play <clears throat> their skills are not as good because they're playing in an inferior league where you get guys like Messi guys like um London Donovan uh I'm trying to pick guys from this side of the this side of the of the, of the pond yeah of the pond um guys like Neymar guys like that who uh, they're developed in their own leagues but when Europe comes calling they make it very easy for the teams to take them where they're selling them at a really really low price and so what ends up happening is they're the young players of Argentina Brazil now in the US are all playing in, in different leagues in Europe. They're playing in better leagues, better competition, better coaching. So when they come represent their country, you're getting a way more developed player. You're getting a better player. So therefore that means your team is going to be better because you're you have better players. So if you want right. to institute a more complex game plan you're able to do it because your players have seen it, have has defended it, have heard the verbiage. Where the Mexican player, and you get and you hear this a lot when you when you <coughs> listen to interviews by coaches, coaches will say that the Mexican player doesn't know how to play the soccer. That's one of the criticisms that the that the Mexican player get, gets in Europe. And it's because it's kind of like football. In football, they don't tell you when they're running a play, they don't say, okay, um, number one, you're going to do uh, an out route. 
Number three, you're gonna do a, you're gonna go down the field, and number four, you're gonna <clears throat> you're gonna do a post. That's not how the, the it's a whole play. It's it's you know blue stripes, right. yada yada yada. And either you know the play or you don't know the play. And if you don't know the play, you're not gonna be on the field. Doesn't matter how good you are. Because when they call blue stripes, you're running something completely different. And I, and that's a big problem in Mexico where you try to ins- you try to put in a game plan, but the Mexican players well don't know that they never heard that verbiage, they've never played that those concepts because they've all stayed in Mexico, making a good living, but their careers suffer, and that's a huge problem that goes on in Mexico because the Mexican owners want to keep everything in house, which is good for them. Good for TV, good for revenue, bad for the Mexican national team. And so that's where a big part of the problem lays right there. When you go to the national team, you get coaches that are selected not based on merit necessarily, but coaches that are selected based on who's going to submit to the Federation. So, for example, when a a coach gets picked for any other nation on the planet, or not every other nation, but any other nation that takes soccer seriously, the coach gets picked and the coach becomes um, in charge of not just the main team, but the development of every single player from that country. So you'll get, for example, Germany. In Germany, in Spain, and in England, when you're in Italy, when you watch those four leagues, those four leagues have a distinct game style. The Premier League, for example, the English League is physical. The, the that's the that's the emphasis. So the players are trained to be to be physically fit, to outlast, to to run, to be to be stronger. When you go to when you go to to Spain, it's more style. So players are tend to be leaner, faster. They tend to to move um, better than than the English guys. When you go to Italy, it's a, it's a big focus on defense and counterattack. So you get it's it's way more physical. It's more it's it's the physicality of the English Premier without the athleticism. It's like brute force. So when you gotcha. watch when you watch Italy, it's very defense heavy system and all that. When you watch the Germans play, it's 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 like a machine. So there's precise passing, precise shooting. Uh, there isn't the style that goes on in Brazil or or uh, or Spain, but they, but it, it's very effective. They're they're all about being productive. And so, the fundamentals. Yeah. So what ends up happening? <clears throat> the coach of the national team will instruct all the coaches of the U20, the sub-20, sub-22, sub-15, sub-17. This is the style we're running. This is the game plan we're running. This is how we're training. This is what we're doing. 
So every single player that comes through that system is being trained the same way from the time they're 14 all the way up to the time they get to the, the big team. So that way there isn't any hiccups in the in the trajectory. So you're right. able to pull a guy like Messi at 18 and put him with the big team because he's been doing the same thing since he was 14 that those guys have been doing. Right. So when he goes up to the big team, it's no different. And gotcha. because the development is there. When you get to Mexico, it's not like that. The coaches not allowed to have that freedom to set up his own camps. He's not allowed to set up his own his own infrastructure. So Mexico will miss out on the coaches that really matter because Mexico will say, okay, well, we'll, we'll hire you. We'll pay you a lot of money. And to be the Mexican coach, you get paid a good living, but you don't get the power that all these other nations give you. And so that's a big problem. The other problem is you get these guys that own Chivas, America, Cruz Azul, and Monterrey, and Tigres. And these guys want you to take their players because it's of national pride that their teams are representing right. the World Cup. So what ends up happening is you kind of get a quota. So the best way to secure a quota is you push to hire a guy that's going to select your players. So I'll give you an example. A coach that's super popular or was super popular in Mexico, I couldn't stand him. I think was was one of the few ones that didn't like him is El Piojo. He's a very popular guy, very popular right. with the media, very popular with the players, but he was a coach of America. So when he goes to America, he brings a bunch of America players, a bunch of America players start. And that's what you get in Mexico. You get these guys that get brought in to pretty much select guys from clubs that are, that, that, that it's for the incentive of the owner, as opposed to right. picking a group of 22 guys that are the best, regardless of where they play. These are the top guys where I'm taking and in Mexico, they don't get that opportunity to select the team they want. God, and okay. So all of that is what's wrong with the Mexican national team because it, it that creates a system where you don't get the best players, you don't get the correct development, you don't get um, an understanding and a growth within a, the sport that all these other nations have. So it's why you'll hear people say the U.S. has surpassed Mexico because the development in the U.S. is a lot better. It's improved. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot better be just for the simple fact that the U.S. makes it really easy for their young players to go to Europe. And that alone, that alone is, is a huge reason. I still think Mexico is superior, but it's why the U.S. has closed the gap. Because yeah, US, yeah, our... is all about development, development. Yeah, and that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with the Mexican national team. So it, it's it's uh unfortunately I don't see a fix to it just because yeah, there's a lot of money and a lot of corruption and yeah, the nepotism basically. 
Yeah, you would need you would need a guy you would need FIFA pretty much to step in and clean house and FIFA's I mean I mean FIFA's not clean themselves, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For Mexico to be cleaned. And I think that's what sucks because Mexico has when you look at the numbers, Mexico is always one of the highest earning national teams in the world. So they yeah. have the support. It's just the corruption that goes on is it, so awful that the Mexico should be in the conversation with Argentina and Brazil, um, England, Portugal, Spain as like these World Cup contenders, but they're not not because of there's no talent, but because all the stupid corruption that goes on within the federation, which is which is which sucks because if they were to let Mexico operate like a regular um, federation, they would make even more money. Yeah. So it, it just all of it leads to <laughs> leads to the team we to the to the product we get because even like Mexico will play these like random friendlies against like low level competition and whenever they get asked well why don't you schedule games in Europe why don't you go and like play friendlies against France and like you know these other clubs these other nations and the thing that they always say is it's too expensive which is like a slap in the face of the Mexican fan because you invest so much money so that they could go play France. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Because those games would serve to develop and those games would serve to get eyeballs on, on your players so that they could go and develop in a better league. So it's just, it's just really sad. And and it's why you'll get the Mexican players that will leave to, um, like Carlos Vela. They'll play in, right. in Europe. They'll make their money. But because there's more money here, they're they're incentivized by money and not by passion, which sucks. It's a, it's an awful thing. Dang. Yeah. <sighs> sad state of affairs. Very sad. Okay. Dang. So you you mentioned like the U.S. right, and so, mm-hmm. um, and you mentioned how they they closed the gap. I remember when I was younger, whenever Mexico would play the U.S. and whether it was like um like the Copa de Oro or even the World Cup, whenever Mexico played the U.S., I was always like, oh, this is like we got this in the bag. Like that's yeah, that's it, cakewalk. And nowadays it's like. Oh, we might tie. We might lose. We might even lose. We might tie. Best case scenario, we tie. You know, but it's like it, it, it became one of those things where it's like it just wasn't a lock anymore. And then, mm-hmm. um, does that also have to do with, um, and you already mentioned like the, the, the developmental stage, but, um, it does seem like the U.S. is now getting a handle on starting the kids younger too. Um, for soccer, because I know soccer, you have to start really young, but getting them out there. Um, does it also help they bring in um, 
they bring in European players that are maybe a little bit past their prime, but they're still very much more skilled than American players. Like I remember when uh, uh like David Beckham came to Galaxy yeah. or Ibrahimovic came to Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Just doing stuff like that also like in some way help elevate the game of American players because they get to see a superior soccer player operate and you know their skills and all that kind of stuff. Is that why they bring I mean obviously they want to get like ticket sales, they want to sell jerseys, but is that also an incentive for why they bring some European guys to the US um to well, just you, expose their players? Well they bring their they bring those guys to 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 level up or to bring exposure to to the league itself. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Because that's you know, you, you sell tickets like so there's a rumor going around that Messi is interested in coming to the MLS. And um. the rumor and so the 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 talk is that um all of the teams in in the MLS are going to pitch in pretty much to pay for his salary because of the of the exposure that Messi coming to the MLS would would have yeah and so that type of stuff it 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 it, it ex- brings exposure but what it does it it's you get all these little kids who would be playing basketball or football are now playing soccer at a younger age. Right, right, okay. So that's yeah, what yeah. that does. So it's it's more of a play for the young kid that's watching uh, because still the best thing for the young Americans that are playing is to go to Europe. And that's right. not lost on the American Federation, which is huge, which is very smart. And it's something that the Mexican Federation... Um, it's just stupid, and they don't realize that. that yeah. The best thing for the players, the best thing for for the future of the federation, is that these guys go and and play play in Europe. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Dang. All right. That that helps cut things up. Now I know why I'm sad. Now I know why it happens. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yeah. So that's a, the the sad state of affairs of uh, of being a Mexican fan. Wait, so talking about the coach, you you liked you initially liked the coach, but then, so what, what happened? Like, what you know? So, because my coworker didn't like the coach, he's like, "Oh, I don't think that guy was a good fit for Mexico. I don't know why they picked him." You know, so in terms of who the candidates were. At the end, because at the end it was between him supposedly, and and um, and El Piojo, and I'm just sick of El Piojo, so I didn't want El Piojo. Yeah. So, Coca is at least a, he's better than him. My first choice was Jimmy Lozano, which is a Mexican player. Well, ex Mexican player, ex Mexican right, yeah. player, yeah, and he coached the. He coached the Mexican team in the Olympics. But I just wanted him because he's young. He has that energy. And he and he would have been a I think he would have been a good fit long term. Um Goka, I think it's too early, but I think he has the right idea. Um 
it's just I think the reason why a lot of people didn't like his signing is his rec track record is not that great. Um but also he's another guy from Argentina. So it just Mexican fans at this point are just kind of like it just stings. It's annoying. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. that left a really bad taste in in our mouth yeah. about Argentinian Argentinian managers. So I think that's a big reason why people don't like um don't like they don't like the signing of Diego Coca. Yeah. <sighs> but we'll see. You know, it's too early. I think <laughs> I think his big test is gonna come uh June fifteenth versus the US. Uh, Mexico has to beat the U.S. If he doesn't beat, if he doesn't beat um, the U.S. June fifteen, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna get, yeah, it's gonna be bad. So I think he 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 needs to. Mexico needs to win that game, June fifteen. Were you okay? Also, were you when they when you selected the team for Mexico for this last World Cup? Yeah. El Tata took some older players. Yes. Yeah. And I heard, I don't know the names, but I heard there were some young bucks where it's like, why didn't you bring these guys up to get the exposure to play at this level yet? Oh, um, yeah. He he also, I think it wasn't so much the older players. I think it was just so much the guys that he took that were not played well versus guys that were That were killing. Well. Yeah. Okay. So, like, he didn't, like, Mexico had a hard time scoring in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> but one of the guys that he didn't take that is crushing it in in Europe, he's a, he, he's a young he's player. A huh? Santi. Yes, my guy Santi. Santi. Yeah. And he didn't take him. And he was the leading, he was leading, um, Europe in in a European competition, he was a leading scorer, and he didn't take him. And his reasoning just was like idiotic. And so, that was the big problem with him. He just he took guys that were not playing well, in place of guys that were playing really well at the time, and it just was was a disaster. But I think that guy was in there to try to get. Help mess with this World Cup, yeah. Oh. That guy, that guy was awful. That guy was awful. Dang. I was rooting for everybody along the way against Messi. I was like, come on, man, please, somebody. <laughs> Netherlands, oh Croatia, anybody, come on, please. Mbappe had to put the team on his back, and even for then, they, they could have up, and I was like, come on. Yeah. Even Canelo's about to throw hands with Messi. Man, imagine that would have been amazing. <laughs> I, okay, I didn't know that. Okay, obviously, like, soccer is the most popular game in the world just because most, like, every country plays it, and it's a simple game to play. You don't need much to get it done. Little kids in the street in any country can play soccer, right? Yeah. But... I saw that Messi like has like over like four hundred million followers on the gram, right? Something like that. Yeah. And Canelo, who is like the face of boxing, Mexican superstar, 
I think he's got some like 20, 20 maybe something like that. But it's like, dang, like is I was like, damn, soccer and Messi himself are that big globally? I had no idea. That's that crazy. Cristiano's even bigger. Yeah, 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 exactly. But although you know, all those like you know, anybody that's big in soccer, it's and it, and it's mainly because like like I mean like we're here in the U.S. right, but it's mm-hmm. it's crazy how how um cut off we are from the rest of the world soccer wise oh, yeah. in the state. Big time. It's so weird. Like I saw a video where um a guy was walking down the street and he was asking players, "Can you name one guy on the U.S." men's national team mm-hmm. and no one could answer and i was like oh my and i was like and then i was thinking i was like i can't name any current guys i couldn't name like landon donovan <laughs> you know, but i was like i was like i was like me either i was like i don't know any of the guys on this year's take this this world cups team and i was like man yeah. like it's weird yeah uh, i think it's it's gonna take time for the yeah for for it to grow and and even yeah. then, it's never gonna be as popular as baseball or any of the top major sports. But yeah, shout out to Japan, shout out to Japan, shout out to Japan um, and Mexico and Randy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> our favorite nationalized Mexican. Um, yes, <laughs> but I think it's it's definitely not gonna be ever be as big as that ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for the the info on and the insight into the. Of course. The, anytime I can. Anytime I can talk about the the horrible state of affairs of the Mexican yeah. national team and federation, I, I I'm pleased to do it. Um. But yeah, but we have a uh, some boxing stuff coming up. Joshua, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> and. Uh, all leading up to Tank versus versus uh, Garcia, Garcia. Which would probably be the next time I talk to you when we discuss yeah. that one. So it should be fun. Can't wait. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that fight, uh, and hopefully it lives up to the to the billing that that will yeah. be. So, but uh, David, thanks for joining me. It's good to talk to you. Um, hope, hope you're doing well. And uh, uh, for everybody else, thanks for listening. Arrows of Podcast. Until next time, see you later.